0: Well, Angela started us off with knowing who we are. And I want to kind of build from that is knowing we have an inheritance. And for, for some, this might be uh, new, but we want to just show us from the Bible how the prophetic gifting flows out of relationship with God. And so if you want to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. I want to just talk for a little bit here on hearing God, our inheritance. What does that mean? I want to unpack that in this session. Matthew 6, verse 6. I'm going to speak it from the NIV Bible. It says, but when you pray, Matthew 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The first thing that we see here is that God is unseen. Very few relationships do we have with anyone that we've never, ever seen before. And sometimes I find, I don't know about you, but I find prayer is like ordering on the internet. You know, you submit your order, and then a few days later, something arrives. But usually you sort of find that you're kind of saying, well, where's my package? Or where did something got lost in, in transit there. I wish that God would just open a door and say, hello, Mike, it's me, God. Do you have any questions? But we see here that God is unseen. The second thing it says there is to pray to your Father. In our English language, we have words that have powerful images to them based on our experiences, like the word dentist or Brussels sprouts. You know, there's words that by by our own experience, and father is one of those words that's shaped by our experience. I never had a very good relationship with my father, My father was kind of a Christmas and a birthday dad when I was young. I got a present at Christmas and a present at my birthday. And, And we'd have weekends together and telephone calls. My parents were divorced when I was about eight years old. And my dad would only tell me he loved me when he was drunk. And I remember there was a time when my father died suddenly. I'm going to share a little bit more about that. But when my father died suddenly and I was at his funeral, I got the privilege of being able to honor him and share his eulogy and and so when I sat down God sort of spoke two words into my heart and he said it's over I didn't have to try to prove or to get his attention I didn't have to try to seek for to get his love by doing something or trying to reach out and, and to say God or to say dad I did this today and dad I, I got an A in math and dad I, I did this and I did that trying to get some affirmation by trying to trying to talk to him and you may have heard this before but If God is the Father, our experience with our natural Father can distort or encourage our view of God. That's not an excuse, but our image of God, the Father, will affect whether we see him as a loving Father who wants to speak to us or a distant authority. And for me, there was this, what Angela talked about, this sort of mind shift that I had to understand that God wasn't somebody that I had to try to earn his attention, that he actually broke into my life as this loving father that loved me, whatever I did, I didn't have to earn his love. And then it says in Job 33, verse 14, it says, for God speaks in one way or in two, though man does not perceive it the New Living Translation says that God speaks again and again. God speaks to us many different ways, particularly in a word, uh, 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 from the word, how many have, how many have read the word of God and you've read it many, many times, but on a given morning, a given day, all of a sudden something just pops out of the word of God. Okay. How many people have been in a preach that you may have heard the same passage or the same person speak, but all of a sudden they said something that just stops time and you go, bang, oh, that hit me. How many have been in circumstances that you've been around in your day-to-day life and something happens and you go, God, you're speaking to me. How many people have have had, when when they're praying, all of a sudden had a picture of something of God's goodness, right, a picture of just an encouragement, How many people have been in a place where they have walked down and said, and you all of a sudden had this thought, don't go in that room or don't go there, right? We all, God's speaking all the time and we're just not recognizing that. God's greatest desire for us is relationship above everything else. And I want to unpack this in the life of Samuel. If you want to head towards 1 Samuel chapter 2, Samuel's birth was a miracle of God. His parents were godly, faithful, devoted, and year after year they traveled to the house of the Lord to worship. They faithfully served on the sacrificial rhoda. His mother Hannah was unable to have children. She kept praying and praying. And God heard her prayers and gave her a son. And so Hannah brought her son into the the house of God. Now, it says in 1 Samuel 2, verse 11, we pick it up there that says, the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. Jump to verse 18. Samuel was ministering before the Lord, a boy clothed with a linen ephod. An ephod was the garment of a priest. I want you to see here that he was a boy set apart to serve God. And in verse 26, Now the young man Samuel continued to to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with man. Throughout these first two chapters, we see how Samuel was growing in his service and ministry before God. Stature and favor reflects on what Samuel was doing. He was growing up blessed by God and popular with the people. Now, just follow with me. Go over to 1 Samuel 3. If you have one of those Bibles that has the calendar dates or the dates next to the chapters, I want you to see, actually, if you did some math, you'll find that at the beginning of 1 Samuel 3, it's about six years later of this chapter, okay? And it says in verse 1, Now the young man Samuel was ministering before the Lord under Eli. Twice the Bible notes that Samuel ministered before the Lord over this six-year period. His whole life was devoted to serving God in the house of the Lord. He regularly worshipped and ministered before God and served under Eli. He slept in the presence of God and near the ark of God. He exemplified a godly life. If he was one of your kids, you'd be proud of what he was doing. He was in the house of God. He was doing the things of ministry before God. And for all that Samuel was doing and serving in the house, while this was a different spiritual time, what impressed me about this is that though Samuel was doing great things for the Lord in all Samuel's ministry and service, it says in verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Many of us, have faithfully served and worshiped God and been in his presence and yet would say that we very much feel that we, it feels like we're serving an unseen friend that we don't really know sometimes. Samuel's birth was a miracle. Like Samuel, some of us would say that we're only here because of a miracle of God. The purpose of our miracle life is not just to serve an unseen father, but to have a real relationship with him. At that moment in this chapter where we are right now, God had more for Samuel than Samuel was experiencing. You see, serving detached from relationship is wearisome. At that night... Samuel was sleeping near the ark of God and the temple he served faithfully every day. That night was the night that the father broke in. Today, God wants to break into our hearts, into our lives today afresh. So 1 Samuel 3 verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. God said one word, his name. Samuel! Samuel! Samuel gets up and goes over to Eli and says, you called? And Eli goes, boy, you're bothering me. Go back to bed. And so he goes back to sleep. We know this story. The first point I want to make in this is that God spoke to Samuel, but he didn't recognize it. The more we do this, the more that we teach on this hearing God out of relationship, the more I'm convinced that God is speaking to us and we're just not recognizing him. Samuel couldn't recognize the voice of the one he served. If we worked for a boss that we never ever get any instruction from, we end up doing the same old things every day in our job. God wanted Samuel to not only serve him with all his heart, but to know him and to know his heart. Even, you don't have to turn there, but just previously in chapter 2, God spoke to Eli, who was the priest that Samuel was serving. And he said this. He said, and, as I ro- and I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. This is what God says. And I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. God's desire for us is that we should have relationship with him and to know what's in his heart and mind. So the second thing is that Samuel had the ability to hear God's voice, but he didn't know it. I, um, I fixed computer. My, my background before I became on full-time staff in, in Lowestoft was I was a computer technician. I killed viruses and all that sort of geeky stuff. And, and I did a lot of home service calls. And I was called out to this house and someone said, We can't hear any sound. There's nothing coming through our computer. It's broken. Can you fix it? So I looked and looked, and there was all the wires were there. And I looked, and the speakers were there. Everything was turned on. I turned it off and turned it back on again, as you do. And and nothing was there. And so I looked, and all the wires were there. But I found that it was just on mute. (laughs) You see, we're wired for sound. Within us is the ability to hear God. But sometimes it seems like we're just on mute. Now go with me to John chapter 10. You can keep your finger in one Samuel if you can. Otherwise, you can come back to it. That's fine. John chapter 10. Angela touched on this, and this is where I want to kind of live from for this. John 10. Jesus is speaking, and he says, John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. And then verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Okay, so who's the good shepherd? Who's the good shepherd? Yes. There we go. They go, how many of you are sheep here today? <laughs> what does a <the> sheep say? <laughs> <laughs> And all God's sheep said, my sheep hear my voice. This is where hearing God is part of our inheritance. God says here, Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd, my sheep hear my voice. And understanding inheritance is a very, very important thing. It's our birthright, is what we even have in our tagline. It's a right that you have because you're born into a particular position, family, or place, or because it's the right of all people. It's a birthright. Because we're in Christ, we are sheep. He's the shepherd. My sheep, hear my voice. Understanding inheritance is very, very important. God kind of walked this out in my own life very, very practically. As I mentioned, my father, I didn't have a very good relationship with him, and and he had um, Crohn's colitis, kinda of intestinal kind of problems. And and so um, about three years before he actually died, he, he said to me, Mike, uh, I'm the oldest of, of three kids, um, I have two other brothers. And he says, Mike, I just want you to know I've made a will and I've just I've given sort of what I have left to you three boys to, to you can can you take care of my estate? I'm the executor of the of the will. Does that make sense here? Okay, I'm the executor of the will. I want you to take care of it, okay? I said, Okay, Dad, no problem. And so then uh, then suddenly, my father died of a heart attack just while he was cutting the grass, quite suddenly. And so I ended up um, uh, uh, cutting the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Canadian here, sorry. And so I picked up my, my copy of the wheel and I went to, to take care of his, my dad's matters. In the last year of his life, he, he found, he met a partner, a, a woman, and... Um, and she, when I got there, she says, I want you to know that before your dad died, uh, your dad rewrote the wills and there's nothing for you guys. And I'm going, okay. Why would my dad do that? Why, why would he say something and not do it? And why? And, and so, but then it got to the point where they actually opened the official will and this official paper that, that the lawyer read out actually said that there was a portion set aside for us brothers that she didn't know about. And what is my point in this? Is the fact that there may be someone on your shoulder, like the evil step-partner, that says, you don't have an inheritance. There's nothing left for you. The father's left you nothing. Nothing. But when you look in the official documents of the word, it says you have an inheritance. And there was a moment there that I could have believed the lie or stood on my inheritance. I had to say, God, I want my inheritance. And today there's something in us that we can believe the lie that God doesn't speak to us or that God doesn't speak today. But we have an inheritance, my sheep hear my voice. And so my question this morning is, do you want your inheritance? If God says, my sheep hear my voice, do you want your inheritance? Will you say with me, God, I want my inheritance? It doesn't matter if you've got some voice that's going, this isn't for you, this isn't for you, they didn't leave you anything. God, I want my inheritance. But it says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. The lovely thing I love about that is that there's relationship knowing him before following directionally. Hearing God The primary purpose of hearing God is relationship. And out of that comes relationship and ministry to others. God wants to personally speak to each of us because as a father, he wants relationship with us. Hearing is a natural expression of our relationship with God before any expression of ministry. Out of that relationship. What we're saying today is out of that relationship of hearing God. Now, what does that look like, Mike? That's what we're going to do this afternoon. So just park that, okay? What does that look like this afternoon? Out of that relationship of hearing God relationally springs us being able to hear God for others when we're together, and it springs out of any gifting and ministry in the prophetic that God brings. Now, we all speak English or different languages here. I'm attempting to do that this morning. It's, a lang- it's what we do to relate together. We use words to speak to God and to one another. Can you turn to the person and say, can you hear me? Can you turn to the other person and say, what? <laughs> we all speak words, right? So in, similarly, we all speak words. But some have an increased measure of words to speak to a small group. And others have a measure to use words to inspire a room of hundreds. Martin Luther King captivated a crowd of 250,000 people with his message of I have a dream. We all have words of different measures, but we are a prophetic people because within us is all the ability to hear God. You're wired for sound. That's the foundation we're bringing today. We have a prophetic, having a prophetic gift is simply an increased measure of our fundamental ability to hear God. It grows out of a relational heart with God. It's not just open to those that God has gifted to be prophetic. You might have even gone through that process in considering whether you should be here today. Thought, well, that must be for the prophetic people of the church. We said that this is open for everyone in their donkey to be able to hear God's voice. We are a prophetic people. What does that mean? It means that we listen to hear what our Father is saying. We speak what we hear. And we obey and act, believing that we have heard. We are sheep. Sheep know the shepherd and hear his voice. You know, I was reminded again this week of, of a verse in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, a very, very popular verse, very familiar verse. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. We want to build a prophetic culture in our churches where every generation hears and speaks the Father's heart. In our kids' work, in our small groups, our pensioners, our parents, the prophetic being a part of everyday life. And not just within the walls of the church. Some of you are called to hear God in business situations. Some of you are called to hear God in neighborhood situations. Some of you are called to hear God in government situations. That you are an ambassador of Christ. And he wants you not only to serve him, but to know the heart of God in your situation. And then if we come back to 1 Samuel, just a third point there. In 1 Samuel 3, 6, and the Lord called again. Samuel, and Samuel rose up and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me, but he said, I didn't call you, lay down again. The third point I want to make here, is the fact that God called Samuel again until he recognized him. Our Father loves us so much, He doesn't just say, Well, if you're not listening to me, forget it. He keeps coming to us again and again. And you might recognize Him as we lift up our hands in the Word, like we said when you're reading the Scriptures. You might recognize Him in the spoken preaching. You might recognize Him through circumstances. God wants us to recognize his voice individually. And in verse 8, it says, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived, Aha, this might be God. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Samuel had a heart after God, but couldn't recognize God's voice. And you know, that was my story. When I first became a Christian, I, I was encouraged to, to pray, and, and, and then I understood that, that God wants to speak to us in our prayer time. God wants to speak to us when we're talking to him. Prayer is not meant to be a one-way street, but a two-way dialogue. And just briefly here, it says, Eli finally says, ah, this might be God. And, and Eli gave Samuel some instruction for hearing God. We see in verse 9, Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down and say, and and when he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The first thing is that he said was, Speak, Lord. We are really good at talking. We equate prayer with us doing all the talking. Prayer is a communication, as I mentioned, a two way dialogue. You may have a friend or may know of somebody that tends to dominate the conversations all the time. You know, they might be saying, What did you have for breakfast? Well, I had tea. I think I didn't know what I wanted to have this morning. I thought I had a bagel, I thought I had egg. I thought I'd have hash browns. Oh, I love pancakes and waffles. They're really, really good, but I decided just to have omelets. We end up doing all the talking. We need to ask God to speak and then to be quiet. And switch to listening mode. The Bible says, be still. And know that I'm God. Speak, Lord. Talk to me. The second thing, he says, speak, Lord, for your servant. It talks of our attitude. How many have been at a restaurant and all of a sudden, as soon as you're you're in this nice restaurant and you finish the last drop of drink in your cup and you set it down and the, the waiter is right there to fill it up. Like they're watching for the moment when that cup is empty to be able to fill it. Samuel had that attitude. As soon as he heard... What he thought was Eli, he responded. He didn't say, just a minute, I'll be there in a minute. He quickly ran to Eli. There was an attitude of quick response to what he heard. But also, when we're talking about the prophetic, simply, that's an umbrella phrase we want to use. of When we talk about hearing God for ourselves and hearing God for others, is the fact that we need to understand that we need to have a servant heart if you're going to be prophetic. It's not for us to have our will to be done, but to serve the purposes of those around us. So speak, Lord, for your servant. And thirdly, he says, is listening. There's a big difference between listening and hearing. Hearing is simply the act of perceiving sound in our ears. You know, the the Charlie Brown teacher that went, wah, 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 wah. That we end up, hearing is just perceiving sounds. But hearing Listening, pardon me, let me say it that. Hearing simply happens. We pick up sounds. But listening is where we're attentive. It's kind of like, you know, when you have somebody that's watching television and they're focused, they're not even paying attention, and you go, I'm going to go to the shops, uh-huh, yeah, and, and you say, your hair's on fire, uh-huh, and, and they're just not paying attention. The importance of us to hear God is that we listen and that we still ourselves and we recognize that God wants to speak. Now, just briefly, I want to just talk about, well, why do we struggle to hear? First of all, I want to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20. It says there, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. The word despise there is to regard as nothing, or to to set at naught, at, at zero, we can have a wrong view of prophecy, an undervalued view, which can even cause us to be cynical about it, about God speaking to us. We can have a distorted view, perhaps because of a bad past experience that, somewhat, that we felt somebody mistreated us when we tried to share something. And we might have said, I'll never do that again, Or perhaps we may have been hurt ourselves by someone who's mishandled their gift in giving some kind of a word to us that really did damage in our lives. Or we may have grown up and come from a background with the belief that hearing God is not for this time. And it can cause us to despise prophecy or to be cynical. And this verse challenges us to break ties with doubts, And fears and hurts. Fear is a huge battle against the prophetic. Even just in hearing or sharing something, or even just whether we hear God. It's like, I'm afraid to get it wrong. But it says, hold fast to what is good. Keep secure. Keep firm possession of it. Now, the Bible's answer to this is in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8, if you're making notes. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8. It says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. And I just want to pause just for a second. And I just want us just take a moment to just respond to God that maybe if you're here today and you have had a bad experience with hearing God, the prophetic, with trying to step out in God, and it's left you with a place where you've had a, a distorted view of prophecy, can we just pause for a second, and this, if that's you this, morning, this afternoon, can I just ask you just to just share that with God, just say, God, I confess that I, I have had a distorted view of prophecy. Lord, forgive me for not seeing it and valuing it as you value it. Maybe there's an individual that comes to mind that you know you just need, Lord, I just forgive that person. and father will you give me a fresh understanding of the value you put on relationship and hearing you thank you lord father in jesus name i just i pray right now lord that you would open hearts afresh father we just Lay down. In the name of Jesus, I just speak to all cynicism, Father, that's come out of hurt, that's come out of a place of misunderstanding, that's come out of, Father, just a place of unbelief, Father. And I pray right now you would release to us a fresh view of your Father heart for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So it says not to despise prophecy. Secondly, another way we can struggle is in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. It says, "But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ." These are some punchy words uh, to the Corinthians. Paul is writing to the believers, people who were saved; their spirits were alive, but they were living as lives of as natural people. What they saw, what they hear, what they feel in the natural, rather than in the spiritual. We struggle to hear God sometimes because our mind, our will, our emotions are sometimes just too loud. I don't know about you. I've, my background's in computers, and so for me, I've had to really learn to not, be, not approach God analytically or to try to look that, that way, but to, to come to God in simple faith before Him. That's why. How many have found it's really difficult to hear God in a very highly emotional situation? Because our hearts are loud, or when you're starting to pray and, you're, and your body says, you need to feed me now. Our bodies can be loud. For me, having a, a background in computers, I can have a busy, loud mind. Now, having a strong mind is not the issue if it's yielded to the Spirit. God gives brilliant knowledge to people and gives brilliant minds for his purposes. Having a strong mind simply requires that I have an equally strong spirit. We must learn to ignore the noise of our body, quiet the noise of our soul in order for us to hear from our spirit. And then the third thing here is that why we can struggle. It says in Hebrews 5.12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you learn something, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid foods. Now, someone once said that milk is the product of someone else chewing solid food. We can become dependent upon other people's revelation. What... What is prepared for us or shared on a Sunday morning. And Paul is making a statement of their condition, but not without a way forward. And he says in verse 14 there, he says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, that sounds like a work of our spirit, the powers of discernment trained by constant practice. You see, one of the things, if you want to get one key from today about hearing the voice of God and about walking out that relationship is this. Our culture is that if it doesn't work right away, we give up. For me, I've been on a journey for 30 years. 30 years ago, I was in your place where somebody taught me that we can hear God's voice out of relationship. And for 30 years, I've been in constant practice to hear God more clearly. John 14, 26 says, The Helper, the Holy Spirit, will teach us all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Hearing God is kind of like tuning a radio. God's speaking, and you just, it's it's tuning in to what He is saying. Now, wouldn't it be great if all God's communication to us came up on the big screen, right? Andy, I love you, God says, right? Or Nigel, go to India, right? Just right on there, that'd be so easy, right? (laughs) That'd be great, we just look at the screen. But you know, God's put a home cinema in our hearts. He's put in our hearts the capacity to be able to see God to hear, to be able to perceive what he is saying. We just don't recognize what it's, what's playing. And what I want to do is I want to just take the rest of this time just to do a little bit of an exercise. Is that what we're talking about here is sometimes we're just simply looking outside us and we're not closing our eyes and looking at Jesus and fixing our heart and seeing what God is saying on the inside. And what I want to do is I've got a song that I want to play. And what I want you to do is, if you've got a a piece of paper, you can just write something with this or you can just um, listen and and just, we're going to go through a little bit of exercise here. The song is called Via Della Rosa. Now, Via Della Rosa is Latin for the way of suffering. This was a street in the old city of Jerusalem which was the, the path that Jesus walked, carrying his cross on the way to the crucifixion. And this is what I want you to do. Now, when we talk about hearing God, we hear God differently, each of us. There's kind of three different ways that God communicates to us. Some people hear words or phrases. Maybe a scripture verse comes to your mind that you hear more words. How many people would say they maybe sort of hear words? Okay. Some people are more pictures. They just, when they're praying, all of a sudden God gives them a picture. They see something as a picture. People see, okay, yeah. And thirdly, some people feel. And they don't always equate that. What I mean by that is the fact that all of a sudden you're praying for someone and you feel incredibly emotional. I've prayed for people, all of a sudden I feel like I'm bawling. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And then we pray and pray and pray, and God brings breakthrough, and I start laughing and laughing. And I, So, so I'm, I'm, a feeler, feel, I'm a person that can feel sometimes what God is doing. You feel God's heart, but you also can feel sometimes the heart of the individual that you're praying for. And sometimes you just have a sense of something in the midst of that. And God all those ways that God not exclusively to one but those are different ways that God speaks. So as you listen to this, I just simply want to ask what do you see? What do you hear? And what do you sense or feel from this song? And I just want you just you can write it down or just collect it in your thoughts and we're just going to give some feedback afterwards and see what God has to say, okay? All right, so just if you want to just relax, sit back, close your eyes, and we'll play the tunes. is dead Just take a moment and just write or just reflect on what you saw. Just sort of capture what you saw, you felt, you heard. for me whenever i hear that song i don't always see anything i don't always hear things but it always brings brings me to tears i always feel very much that song and so that's even just that just feeling the heart of god in the midst feeling in the midst of that is, is a is part of how god god communicates his heart to us so what i want to ask now is the point i want to make with this just so you know where i'm going is the fact that we all heard this room of 200 people heard the same song, but I want you to hear how God communicates things individually to each of us. So, what I want to just ask is, um, we have a microphone. Just want to ask if you just want to surely brief share briefly um, just what you saw, or what you felt, or what you what you heard um, f- for us to listen. Okay, back there? Yeah, lift your hand up there.
1: our hand really tightly like a parent holds a child's hand really tightly so they'll never let them go and so the pain we were all feeling I got a sense that there was quite a lot of pain in the room from various things and that he was holding our hand really tightly so I had a picture of um, doors like cinema doors being flung open and a really bright light coming from within and i felt like it was the light shining out of the darkness and it was very much a picture of the gates of heaven being opened with people flooding in and then just a picture of mercy and forgiveness redemption salvation
0: very good Anyone over here,
2: yeah. yeah hi it might sound a bit random but as soon as the, the music started playing i saw um whole fleet of steam ships rather than steamboats on really rough seas going from right to left. Um, and I understood that to mean unity, same power source and we were all going towards somewhere. Um, I don't think they were military, but they were definitely on a mission. They were definitely going somewhere. How that came out of a, a song, given the subject, I don't know. And then towards the end of the song, I saw a man in manacles uh, which if I was to get a dictionary of, like, um, chains and metal pieces that kind of keep your arms and legs together, but he was, this man was being pushed through a, a gap in a wall, a bit Jerusalem-like, and he could just get through. So he was getting grazed and chafed and all this stuff. Um, but he was definitely suffering for following Christ, not because of a normal punishment, mm. which is closer to the theme. Um, so, yeah, maybe for leaders, prophetic leaders... That's a a common experience um, that maybe some people who aren't leaders wouldn't understand, that they're going through gaps in walls and really getting quite wounded. But um, I guess the onus is on us to to share that with the congregation so they get support. Yep. Okay, Debbie?
3: Um, I've been to Israel before, so it was easy to kind of imagine the streets. But my thoughts sort of went with the music, and then it went to the clouds. And it was quite dark, a dark kind of song, but you could feel the clouds sort of moving and that there was this heaven and earth kind of thing, something bigger going on, not just the crucifixion, not the death. I mean, it's big, but there's something bigger going on and it's as big as the sky, if not bigger. That's what it felt like.
0: Anyone else? Over here.
4: When the music started... um, I was drawn to a a sense of a street, um, uh, the sort of thing you see in Mediterranean places, and um, it was raining and dull, and um, there were dead leaves rolling across it. Um, And then I got caught up in the sense of the story that was being spoken, that was being sung, Um, and there was a real sadness and a gloom about it. And then I was aware of people... Um, and a sense of um, panning up and away and seeing more and more people and then it becoming huge crowds of people all gathered together. Um, And there were flashes of light and then there were a pair of forearms thrashing over the people um, as if they were breaking something Mm. over the people. Mm. And the flashes of light were getting brighter and there was this radiance that Mm. came and a sense of peace.
0: I'll get some others. I just want to ask specifically, does anyone have any thoughts or words or phrases that went through your... Anyone have a thought?
1: Um, Hi, I was given two scriptures, so I just wanted to share them. The first one was Romans 3, verse 12. They have all turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And the second one was Acts 20, verse 7. And then it was, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. And God was speaking to me, saying that there's a big need for us all to pray. I know that at the moment in Norwich, there is a big gathering of people, and lots of churches are growing. But in Lowestoft at the moment, there's a huge need for God and I feel the sense within me that God is saying we really need to pray for the people out there in places like Lowestoft and across England, because God is so needed. People are desperate and they're crying out. Good.
0: Any other ones over here, what you saw? Oh,
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, just the verse. Forgive them, Father. They know what they, not. They, they know not what they do. Just. Uh, those words in the song talking about he's going through the street even as there are people um, you know, who are calling out for his death. He's sort of taking that on board but at the same time it's his love for them that's driving him forwards and uh, just a sort of awe and, and wonder at that.
1: All I can say is that when I heard the music um, I found myself as one in the crowd and obviously it was Jesus' um, being crucified, but I just felt, I'm still. my heart's still racing, I felt such incredible pain and such sorrow that my very, very best friend was going to be put to death and there was nothing I could do, nothing I could do about it. But of course that's not the end of the story, we know the truth, but that's how I felt, that music made me feel.
4: Okay. Um, the words that came to me were, there was silence in heaven and <laughs> I just saw heaven
0: watching salvation unfold couple more here, okay. See if there's any over there. Hi, thanks.
1: Um, I just set the picture, when the music started, I felt um, an awe, the creation of the universe. I just saw, saw creation of the universe, really. But it was awesome and powerful. Then some, uh, a tenderness, and then everything was dark and uh, forbidding. And then when Jesus was crucified, the universe was shaken and God was he took his hands, he split the universe apart and the light streamed through and he put his arm through to pull me up and said I did this for you Amen. and for me that's my I even have to admit that I thought "I can't be me
4: um, I kind of saw the story of where Jesus walked through um, the crowds and the path, and um, where he was crucified, but also was feeling just absolute crippling pain Jesus's pain and God's pain and almost feeling the nails going into my wrists and my ankles and just that, but also overwhelming love as well. so like the father's pain and Jesus's pain, but also overwhelming love like weird <laughs> I don't can't quite yeah. Okay. Get that one there. Do two more. It wasn't until towards the end of the song I just had the words, um, just that it's a day. It was, it was a day. It actually happened that twenty four hours in which um, that scene occurred was a day, just like we have, we experience our days, um, and I think, and th- and from it, during those hours. Everything changed, um, and I had a sense that as Jesus was pulling his cross and struggling to pull that cross, um, he was dragging in, <laughs> almost kicking and screaming, a new day. He was pulling in a new era as he did that, and um, that was quite yeah, quite a, a powerful sense that even just in that short amount of time something radical happened, and it was because of his suffering and because of the huge effort that he made to... To drag it in.
0: Now I appreciate that, that each of us will probably have something even different than what we what what has been shared. And what I just want to encourage you that as in, in a couple of minutes as we break for lunch, can you just share with with each other what you have what you heard and saw? Because it, it's it's just it's a step of faith that we do when we, we share the things that God God has given us. So th- this this morning, Angela has been was talking to us about who we are, knowing who we are. And secondly, we looked at we have an inheritance. And this afternoon, what we want to look at is, okay, I understand that now. Now, how can I practically work this out in my everyday life? And that's what we want to do this afternoon. We want to build upon what we've laid as a teaching foundation this morning. We want to practically do that this afternoon.